This is Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Lillian Farrell. With me today is Mr. Robert Verbruggen, fellow at the Manhattan Institute. What did your analysis conclude about the safety of red and blue states? Sure. Well, I mean, basically what, what we looked at was uh, there's, there's this ongoing debate um, where um, you know, conservatives are saying that there's a problem in, in blue cities, especially since uh, 2020, when we saw this, this great increase in, in the murder rate. Um, and whereas uh, liberals have countered that that red states have higher higher crime rates than blue states. And, and first, the first thing we do is show that both of these things are true. If you look at the uh, the county level, for example, um, blue areas are more violent than uh, red areas. They have more homicides per capita. Um, but if you if you flip and, and look at the states instead. Um, you see that that red areas are, are more violent, uh, have more homicides per capita. So, so the first thing we do is, con- is uh, confirm what, what both sides of the debate have said. Um, and it's sort of an in- interesting example to us of you know how how you can make a fairly minor tweak to a statistical analysis to to, your, to a study that you're doing and, and make the result completely flip just by looking at states versus counties. So that, that's really interesting in itself. Um, but then the next step we take is to to start uh, introducing some control variables into the analysis. We look at, you know, for example, the demographics of different places and, and how urbanized they are um, and all those sorts of things. Um, and what we find is that when you add control variables to both of those kinds of analysis, looking at states and looking at counties, um, you can make the, 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 the relationship actually disappear so that neither blue nor red areas are, are any more violent than the other. Um, so so it's, a, it's a very complicated uh, area of, of, uh, of research for, for criminologists and so on, but it's also sort of a, just an example of uh, partisan mudslinging um, and the, the incentive to, to, to tweak things so that you get what you want to what you want the numbers to say. That's really fascinating. So did your findings change at the local level when you were conducting the studies in regards to crime rates? Yeah, I mean, basically, if you just do the raw, what we call just like an uncontrolled analysis or just a raw comparison, um, you you see that if you look at counties, um, blue counties are indeed um, a lot more violent than red counties. Um, And if you look at states, you find that red states, um, you know, particularly in the in the South, where a lot of the nation's highest murder rates are, um, are more violent than than blue states. So it's it's a really uh, striking example of how you can make make the data say completely opposite things, either Republican or Democratic areas are more violent uh, just by switching which which uh, level of analysis you look at, whether you're looking at the states or looking at the counties. This is Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Lillian Farrell, and I'm talking with Mr. Robert Verbruggen. What role did social characteristics of populations have in the study? Yeah, it makes a really big difference, um, is the bottom line. If you, if you start controlling for you know, the income of different places, um, you know that, um, you know, for example, Republican states tend to, tend to be a lot poorer because uh, the Republicans uh, control the South. Um, the South is, is poorer than, than the rest of the country. Um, and, and also controlling for racial demographics because, you know, unfortunately, there's a, a really big racial gap in homicide. So that, that explains a lot of what's going on here um, is that uh, when you break things down by states versus counties, you're breaking down along very different demographic lines, and that's why you get these results. And when we control for those demographics, um, we have, you know, in, in our model, neither red nor blue areas at the state or county level are, are more violent because we've taken account of those things that are driving the differences. When observing crime rates in the years following 2020, did you see political movements such as the defund the police movement affect crime rates in particular states or counties? So I, I did an earlier um, report with a different colleague of mine named Christos Makritis uh, following the 2020 homicide spike that looked at that. Um, and, and basically, uh, yeah, there was obviously in 2020, um, 
First, you have the pandemic, uh, and the year doesn't get off to a great start in terms of, of homicide rates. But then in, in the summer, uh, the murder of George Floyd, the defund the police movement, all the riots and civil unrest, that's when, that's when crime really skyrockets within the year of 2020. Um, and, and we did find that if you look at specifically at the increase, the increase was a, a bit more dramatic uh, in more you know, left-leaning areas, um, you know, possibly because those kinds of movements had more traction there. So that, that's sort of an interesting part of the d- dynamic here. Um, in terms of trends over time, as opposed to just the argument over whether red states or blue states are more violent in general. Why do you think there was such a heavy focus on state-level homicide rates in the media when such findings are not fully representative of the safety in particular regions? Well, I think the, um, there, was, there was a report by, I think, Tech called Third Way that, that sort of launched this, uh, this sort of argument that, you know, Republicans are saying, you know, they're criticizing all these Democratic policies, but Republicans have their own policies, you know, that especially point to gun control, um, you know, that, are, that, are, they, that they say are bad for crime, and they use state-level homicide rates as a way of illustrating that. So that, that report um, got picked up by a lot of people, the governor of California. Um, has cited it. Um, uh, California actually put out its own own report that was kind of drawing on a similar in a similar vein. Um, so basically, they they want when re- Democrats have to talk about crime, they want to make it about gun control, um, and when Republicans want to talk have to talk about gun control, they want to make it about you know prosecution and policing policy. Um, you know where they have they have more uh, you know more aggressive crime control stances than the Democrats do. So it's it's an interesting uh, example of you know, sort of the partisan debate uh, shifting what we're focused on in the data. This is Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Lillian Farrell, and I'm talking with Mr. Robert Verbruggen. Is the misrepresentation of crime rate data dangerous for voters in particular as we head into the 2024 election cycle? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that, that um, you know, knowing what I know about social scientists, science, and, and you know, of course, my, my co-author is uh, an economist at Harvard, so he, know, he knows a lot more than I do. But he, even knowing what I know about social science and having participated in these debates and having run some numbers on that, I think a lot of people don't uh, fully appreciate how easy it is to make numbers say what you want them to say. So when somebody sees, you know, statistics, if they see numbers, if they see a study that someone has put together, uh, they often put too much credence in it without, without you know, thinking through, you know, where did these numbers come from? How is the analysis run? And these are things that you really have to kind of dig into and know a lot about it to really understand why the results say what they what they say and why whether you should trust them. Did you find a correlation between any particular political policies and lower crime rates in certain regions, whether that be pertaining to gun control or police funding? That, that's not something that our analysis looks at. Our analysis is focused on just controlling for the very basic stuff, the demographics and the, the income and so on. Um, but certainly there's a lot, of other, a lot of other research. There's a huge literature on gun control, obviously. There's a huge literature on uh, you know, policing um, and, and prosecution strategies. I mean, I think that the example of New York in the 1990s is a great example of you know, where policy really makes a difference because they decided to you know, really use their police force. To, to control crime and, and keep track of where crime is and send police where the crime is. And that was very, very effective. Um, but those aren't things that are in our, our new study specifically. This is Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Lillian Farrell, and I'm talking with Mr. Robert Verbruggen. What precedent does this research set for future studies evaluating Republican and Democratic geographic regions? I mean, I think the, the, our big message is that if we're going to keep doing this, if we're going to keep having this sort of mudslinging debate about which party is worse, um, which, which we don't think is the, the right thing to discuss, we'd much rather talk about our, our concrete policies that either Democrats or Republicans could implement if they work. Um, but if we're going to keep having this discussion, we need to find, you know, more advanced ways of looking at it. You could do, you know, a, uh, you know, a study where you look at, you know, states that change hands, if it's a state that changes hands from the Republicans to the Democrats, does it, does it have lower or higher crime after that? 
you can look at you know switches like that as sort of an experiment. Um, there, there, there's more that you could do to keep drilling into this question. But our, our big message is that this is the wrong question. We should be focusing on policies and encouraging both parties to enact good policies rather than sitting here mudslinging over who, uh, you know, whether Democrats or Republicans are more violent. What would you advise to those looking to be aware of objective research in a world in which data is often misrepresented? I mean, that's, that's a tricky question because I think most people aren't going to you know, take the time to sit down and read all the original studies because that takes a great deal of time. Um, I, my best uh, suggestion would be to find, you know, outlets, find publications, find journalists who you can trust um, and, and follow, follow their work and not simply accept anything that pops up in your, in your Twitter feed or your Facebook. Our guest has been Mr. Robert Verbruggen and I'm Lillian Farrell on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. <laughs>